Hello, everybody, and welcome to another almost summer episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty. We invite you to join us and go more deeply into the great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. So in just a few moments, we are going to get to tonight's featured program with Father Mark Davis, who we were blessed with at the last Belief and Beverages night. Again, a shout out to the Cronins and their hospitality at GMC of Perrysburg. Um, But the theme that Father Mark did, surprise, using magic, um, was experiencing the extraordinary in the ordinary. We invite you to schedule coming to our last Belief and Beverage night of this series, Know the King, Live the Kingdom, which will be held June 16th or the third Thursday of each month at GMC of Perrysburg. And our finale speaker on June 16th will be... Drum roll. Drum roll. Go ahead. Drum roll it. Um, Our dear Monsignor Michael Billion from St. Joe's, Sylvania. And he is going to be speaking on are we living in the apostolic age or Christendom? And I think we know the answer to mm. that, but we're excited um, to welcome him, to hear what he has to say, mm. to hear what the Lord has put on his heart. I know there'll be great discussion afterwards. So we invite you to register at massimpact.us forward slash BNB and um, register there. You, it is a free event, but we do encourage donations to help mm-hmm. cover the costs. We do ask because there are limited seats, if you sign up, show up. Um, We realize things happen, but please commit to it. um, And we look forward to seeing you there. So a quick note, we as an organization are very grateful and blessed by those of you who have been financially supporting us. Really, it's been very few, probably 50 to 60 people who have been financially um, enabling us to reach literally thousands. Our media has reached millions of people, truly. Um, Our programs, over 40,000 people have physically attended some of our programs over the last nine years. You're hearing my voice because of their support, our Live It Gathering guides. There's so much that we have going on. And so we're taking a little bit of a step here with premium programs. So in a few moments when you hear Father Mark and you hear his amazing show, you're going to hear laughter, you're going to hear clapping. You're not going to see it though. And you're going to want to see it. You're going to want to see the magic of Father Mark, his his talent, his gift, his storytelling. And magic is a visual, a visual experience along with his storytelling. So to see that, you need to become a member. Um, you could certainly buy this uh, program and just watch it beginning to end. And that's, we're setting it just a simple price of $5 helps us in a small way continue our mission. But we're going to ask you to become a member at an entry level of just $5 a month. Now, if you pay $5 a month, you're going to get access not only to that premium program and see it visually, but you'll be able to have access to our other premium programs. For instance, our Power Hour series, truly amazing, seven consecutive weeks of nationally recognized leaders, a very powerful uh, date night evenings for married couples. You'll have access to that also. Of course, we're asking you to become a partner. Please pray about maybe a $25 per 
uh, month level. Um, we have folks who bless us, you know, even more than that, that enables us to happen. So again, where can you go? If you become a partner, we're going to give you access to all of that at massimpact.us forward slash partner. Uh, donation of any amount. Again, we ask for an entry level of $5. But where you can have immediate direct access to this is massimpact.us forward slash members. Massimpact.us forward slash members. So you will still enjoy the audio, <laughs> which Indeed, will be followed. Yeah. Following us in a moment um, of Father Mark, so don't uh, don't think that because you can't see it, it's not worth listening to. Absolutely, because the message mm. that he gives throughout is super powerful. Commercial number two, we've been very grateful for what we call kingdom builders. These are Catholic business owners and leaders who are very committed to professional excellence and building the kingdom. But you can find them at massimpact.us forward slash kingdom. So all in one payroll. Sherry Glenneman. Archbald Furniture Company, Pat and Patty McNamara. Becoming Gift, Andrew Reinhardt. Carpets by Otto, Otto and D. Wyke. Carruth Studio, Terry Langenderfer. Cronin Auto Family, Rich and Connie Cronin. Interstate Commercial Glass, Walt Erickson. Isabel Financial Services, Dennis Isabel. MFC Products, Paul Miller. McCartney Coaching, Mike McCartney. Resourcement, Jeff Barefoot. Rob Holler, Key Realty, Rob Holler. Quarry Hawk Medical, William Noltner. Signature Associates, Megan Malszewski. SJS Investment Services, Kevin Kelly. Turning Point Chiropractic, Drs. Jeff and Rachel Elmore. And Westgate Insurance Agency, Stephen Malszewski. Again, we ask you to please support these folks who are truly committed to building the kingdom while bringing professional excellence. Find them at massimpact.us forward slash kingdom. And one final commercial before we get to our program. And just to keep it simple, if you are a business owner, please go to kingdombuilderproject.com. Kingdombuilderproject.com. All will come clear. All will be explained to you. You may be extremely grateful for the substantial financial benefit there is to a discovery that we made in a partnership that we have. Again, I'm piquing your interest. Go to kingdombuilderproject.com project.com with no further ado so blessed to be with you tonight we are now going on to our belief in beverages episode featuring father mark davis discovering the extraordinary in the ordinary two elderly women were driving in a big car and mildred's driving and she can barely see over the steering wheel and mabel's there and you know what they go through what Mabel thinks is a red light. And she's thinking, am I crazy? Or did Mildred just go through that red light, right? So she's paying attention and zoop, there it is. She goes through another red light. And okay, this time Mildred says, I'm going to pay real close attention, right? So, and there she goes. You know, Mabel goes through the third red light. And she says, Mabel! Did you know that you just went through three red lights? You're going to kill us. And Mabel said, holy shnikes. Am I driving? <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what we're doing. It reminds me of Father Anthony DeMello, who's from India. He was a Jesuit priest, and he was also a psychologist. And he talks about this story in Spain about this father getting his son up to go to school. He says, Jaime, 
you've got to get up and go to school. And he says, oh, Papa, I don't want to go to school. Well, why don't you want to go to school? It's dull. And all of the kids tease me and no one likes me. He says, I'll give you three good reasons that you have to go to school. Number one, it is your duty. Number two, you're 45 years old. <laughs> and number three, you're the principal. You got to go to school. <laughs> and Anthony DeMello, when he was alive, talked a lot about waking up. Wake up. Be aware of what's going on. And you could really say that that was Jesus's message, right? Jesus's message was God is not dead. He is alive. The kingdom of God is here. Yes, you are oppressed by the Romans. Yes, you do not have control of your own country. Yes, you have people in your lives that are dying. There is people going on in the world everywhere who is suffering. The world is a mess. This is not the Garden of Eden, but God is here. And when God comes, as Jesus did, it's not going to be obvious because our God, who is extraordinary, is everywhere in everyday life. That really is the main, you know, theme of Jesus. And it reminds me, you know, in a broad way about for years now, I've been trying to think, okay, when I'm out someplace as a priest, you know, and people say, do something, do some magic. I know you're a magician, do something. Well, it reminds me of the classic trick. How many of you, when you were little or an adult, remember somebody, an uncle, a grandfather, a magician, pulling a coin, right, out from your ear, right, or from your sleeve, right? I would love to do that for you today but I have no coin, <laughs> right? I have no coin, right? And I want you guys to see if any of you happened to have a coin hidden behind your ear. Just check, just humor me. <laughs> just humor me, right? Check, right? So good, so nothing there. Yeah. Now check your sleeves. Right. Do you have any, no, see nothing in your sleep. See, this is what's hard. This is the situation we find ourselves in, is I don't have a coin, and none of you have hidden them for me to find. So what we're going to do, we're going to look for an angel coin. Since we were little, we were told that we have a guardian angel, and there are angels and spirits and our loved ones in spirit that are always around us but we can't see them. There are also coins that are angel coins. Karen, point somewhere in the air in front of me. Point to a place. So like, is that close to there? Yes. Right there? Right there. Like right there, exactly, is where the angel coin is. <laughs> now this angel coin is actually an Eisenhower dollar. Right? See, but what's really interesting about angel coins is that if you take them over here, see, they're still there. See, they can bilocate. And what's interesting is then if they're bilocating and they go back together, see, it seems that one of them just disappears altogether. 
right? And now, so now we do, yeah, I know, it's a little lame, but, but, but I said, but I just tell you what, Mickey, just blow a kiss to it. If it goes back to where it was, then the angel coin disappears again. I actually believe that when we pass over, we are going to be amazed about how much influence and presence people in the spirit world of angels and our loved ones and saints, they are more active than we have any idea. And I think that that's really fun. Now, when I was five years old, my godparents, Stan and B. Reese, who had a barber shop and a hair salon where the Speedway gas station is in Sylvania by the Sauters. Do you know what I'm talking? That was actually my, my godparents. They, had, they lived upstairs and they went to somewhere in, in Florida. I was five years old. They brought me back wonderful magic kits and magic equipment and books and I broke everything. Because <laughs> I was five years old. Right? You know, that's what you do when you're five. But then when I was in fifth grade at the last day of school, it was rainy and a half day, and I went, you know, ever go shopping in your own room in your closets or on your bookshelf? You know, I could read then, and I remember just opening it up and saying, wow, I can do this. But I have to say, I was very skeptical of a lot of prop magic and most of the magic I saw really wasn't very magical. It reminds me of a man named Monsignor Robert White, who had been the pastor in Brooklyn at St. Mary's for 40 some years. He was a Monsignor, he knew popes, he knew other bishops, he knew congressmen, he was very connected. He was a churchman and he had gotten every award that there was. And one day he died and he was in line at the, at the, at the pearly gates. And in front of him was a man with cut off shorts like a Bermuda, Bermuda shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. He had sunglasses and curl, and he looked and sounded Jewish. You know, and the guy got to say, yo, Pete, how you doing? My name's Joe Cohen. You know, I'm a cab driver in New York. You know, I was driving today. Someone cut me off. I swerved. My car went in the, the rip. I guess I died. <laughs> what happens? Oh, Mr. Cohen. Welcome to heaven. Here is a silken robe and a golden staff. Your mansion is in the third street on the right. Yo, Pete, thanks a lot. I'm gonna go see the boss. Now the Monsignor is beside himself. He had preached and read and heard about God's mercy. He never dreamed this. Well, he gets up, oh, St. Peter, I'm on senior rubber. Oh, Bob, how you doing? Welcome to heaven. Here's a wooden staff and a cotton robe. You're about a hundred rows down on the left. <clears throat> um, but there must be some mistake. Oh, no, Bob, there's no mistake here in heaven. See, in heaven, nobody gives a rat's patootie about who you know and who you kissed up to. See, nobody cares, you know, about what board you were on 
or anything here. We judge by results. Bob, you're a good man. But the truth is, when you preached, people slept. When that man drove his cab, people prayed. You have been listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter featuring Father Mark Davis from a recent Belief and Beverage Night. If you'd like to view this amazing program, it is available on demand for our financial partners and members. Please go to massimpact.us forward slash members. God bless you. Gotta be one of my favorite jokes. I know. So, so the thing is, is oftentimes people are disappointed because when they go to a magic show or church, they don't really experience magic or God. So I remember myself thinking, I'm an artist. God gave me an artist soul. Why didn't I have a real art? Like, why couldn't I sing or be a musician or a songwriter? Why a magician? And that's what we're about tonight, is I want to share with you some of the things that this art of magic has taught to me about being able to see the extraordinary God in ordinary life. So I present to you, very humbly, a four-sided card. One dot on this side, two dots on that side, three dots on that side, and four dots on that side. Yeah, it's a four-sided card. Yeah, one, count with me. One, two, three, four, right? It's a four-sided card. Now, see, this is actually one of the oldest tricks. This has actually been on cereal boxes. And see, it has been. Yeah, boy, oh boy, don't I feel young, you know? But actually, and the principle behind this is actually something that my sophomore history teacher told me never to do, assume, because you make a you know what out of you and me. Because see, when I place my hand here, I can say one. But when I place my hand here, I say three, but there isn't a dot there. See, if I say four, you assume that there's a dot there, Right? But then if I can say two, there's one there. See, you just assume the dots that aren't there. But here is the problem, though. It's not a problem. It's a weird thing. I've done this a long time. And people have said to me, Father, I know you explained the method, but I swear to you, when you went one, two, three, four, I swore I solved the third and the fourth dots. She said, I said, boy, really? Isn't that weird? Is there a difference between what the method of an effective and what the experience is? One, two, three, four. Now we know, right? We know that there is only two dots here, right? And see, this is what's weird. We know in here, right, we know that there's only three dots. But I'm telling you, people have sworn to me, they've sworn to me over the years that when, when, when they went through, they said, Father, you don't understand. We really saw a third dot. 
I said, really? That's not, there's not one there, right? But no, we, we swear it's there. And say so the same thing, we swear there's a fourth dot there. I said, wow, isn't that cool? So is there a difference then? And of course, this is obviously going to be my, my theme. Is there a difference between what the magician does and what we experience? A magician, no one can do magic. It's all pretend. It's a game. But it's all about our experience of it. Well, people say, well, Father, obviously they move. No, they don't move. They don't move. Hey, I hurry. But if you rub it, sometimes you can get one actually to come off altogether. Richard, catch it. I know that weird. I know it's just odd. But what's kind of fun is if we take it back. All right, I want you to clap on three. One, two, three. If I can do it right, see it'll come back. So now we we have the four where it is, which is kind of fun. But you know, it's not about the method. It's always about getting people to experience magic. And that's what we're here tonight. I just want to do a few things for you, but I want us to not be looking at method and trying to make it a puzzle to solve, but much more just a mystery to enter into to see if we can experience this magic. And what will that tell us about experiencing God? and I don't do this full time. You know, that's why I'm late. I'm trying to remember everything, you know. <laughs> it's a tr true story. But the goal is not to fool you. It's not to be able to make myself, you know, feel smarter, but simply just to put a smile on your face. <laughs> if there's one question that I will have though, is what I always want to know when I do this, is where in the world does the fifth one come from? <laughs> About 17 years old, I start really trying to figure out if God exists. Very much like trying to figure out how different magic tricks work. It was something in my head. It was only about, does God exist? And I really tried to figure it out myself. And I remember, true story, being in the back of a church, St. Paul's in Princeton, New Jersey. I was 27 years old, it was 1987, it was April. I had seen a priest's talk who was a Marianist. I was in the back of the church on the floor, leaning against the wall, and I remember I was done. And I remember in desperation saying, God, I give up. I can't do this. You let me know you exist. And in that very moment, everything changed. Everything changed for me because it went from me being totally in my head and trying, right, in my one little being to experience something as big as God to me staying in one place and like a flower petal slowly beginning to open up to experience the spirit that was already always there. It's a different kind of seeking. 
You know, if when you're an engineer or a mathematician or in school, I mean, figuring things out as puzzles is really important and part of our lives. But when we think about experience, whatever magic is that is made up, or God, it's more about going through the motions and being open to the God that's already there. So for the next few minutes, that's what I invite you to, to kind of come with me and to see if just by going through the motions and opening our minds, that maybe that we can experience something. The effect and the gain that I have done more than any other one is the one we're about to do together now. I've done it for one person, I've done it for thousands of people, and it's all about a game of imagination. And that I'd like us all just to pretend that it's possible to have an object that's invisible. Something that we can feel, but we can't see. And I want to imagine, all of us, remember, the more we do it together, the more it works. I want us all to imagine that somewhere in this room, somebody has an invisible object like this in their pocket. Something small, like a deck of cards. So let's just imagine that one of you has an, an invisible deck of playing cards in their pocket. Who has the deck? Okay, because Karen, you, you played earlier. I know I just met you, you have two names. Is the second one Lee? Mm -hmm. Oh good. Candy Lee? No. It was Candy Lee. Okay, now again, we just met, but we is it okay if she plays? Because again, I just met her briefly. So Candy, stand up. Take the cards out of your pocket. It can be an invisible pocket. Good. And take the cards out of the box. Give the box to Joe. He's in front of you. Perfect. All right, now Candy Lee, look at the cards. Fan them out. Perfect. Are they all different? They're not all the invisible ace of spades. Good. It's a perfectly normal invisible deck. It is. I, I know I need new jokes. I know. <laughs> so give them a couple shuffles. Perfect. And I want you to fan the cards and have somebody pick a card. Christy, is that you? No. Um, I had your wedding. This is very important. This is very <laughs> This is. This is very embarrassing. I can't see the Lisa. Oh, for goodness sake. I'm telling you, I need more Mountain Dew. Okay, so Lisa, stand up. Lisa, look at your card. I want you to imagine a real card. That's not the Ace of Spades, because I said it, okay? And as I turn, show everybody your card, all right? Now, okay, hold it against yourself. Now, Candy Lee, before she puts it back in, turn your card's face up in your hand. All right, and Lisa, put your card in face down. Okay, good, Candy Lee. Now get the box from Joe. He was ready. God bless him. Put the card in the box, cards in the box, all the cards in the box. Put the little flappy in, all right, and throw me the deck. Not hard, just... Oh, wow. It broke. This is the part when people go, ooh. You guys can sit down so everybody can see. So the thing is, how do we know that this is the same deck that used to be invisible? Well, Lisa took a card out of the invisible deck, and when she put it back in, it was upside down. 
So if this is the same deck that used to be invisible, there's a card upside down. But there's nothing I can do about it now. So let's look together. Lisa, what was the name of your card? The Ace of Hearts. The Ace of Hearts. Oh, oh, that, would, that would be cheating. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just a little priest humor. <laughs> now, 52 different cards in the deck. There is one card and one card only that is going the wrong way. Because it was the card that Lisa put upside down in the invisible deck. Her card, the Ace of Hearts. You have been listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter featuring Father Mark Davis from a recent Belief and Beverage Night. If you'd like to view this amazing program, it is available on demand for our financial partners and members. Please go to massimpact.us forward slash members. God bless you. Probably my favorite trick. Certainly the one that I've done more than any other. And I will assure you that Lisa is the most entertained person in the room right now. (laughs) There's something about going through the motions and not knowing exactly what's happening and waiting for something to happen. See, that little effect I always do with our CIA, and every time I talk about the Mass... I always use the invisible deck because I think that's one thing that ritual prayer does. People always ask me, especially kids, Father, why is the mass the same? Why is it always the same? I feel like Gilbert Gottfried somehow. You know, <laughs> why is it always the same? Well, because it's not a show. Everything else in our culture, when one person is up on a raised platform and everybody is seated, we are trained to either receive a talk or be engaged and be entertained. The Mass is not something we watch for entertainment. It's much more like um, an exercise routine. It's something we do together. And having it be a ritual, we have our parts, so therefore we know what's coming. So if you do it every week or more for several years, it's in you. So it's Sunday morning, you're exhausted. Somebody's dying, you may be losing your job, things are rough with your close friends. You don't have the energy to make up prayers, but you can come to church and you can take holy water and you can genuflect at the tabernacle, you can bow to the altar. And then we sing the song, and it doesn't matter if you like that song or not, because it's something that's going to get you out of your head. And what happens is it prays in you, doesn't it? You know, and when people say, I don't get anything out of Mass, I think, unfortunately, we haven't done a good enough job to say, okay, let me teach you what this is. Can you imagine how exhaustingly boring and awful it would be to try to watch an exercise program for entertainment? Well, maybe Richard Simmons, because he's a goofball. Um, But it's something that we do. And just like the invisible deck, I think we go through the motions, if you will, to get out of our heads 
in order for our hearts to be open to something. I think that's just really, that's one of my, it's one of my favorite magic images. And once again, this isn't about how it's done. Because you're not going to know. And that's okay. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether the war in Ukraine is going to involve the whole world or not. We don't know. We can't control that. We don't know if it's the end of the world. Everyone's talking about that. We don't know what the economy is going to do. But we do know that Jesus is here, right here, right now. And that if we're open and we pray, we're open to it and can control the things we can control, we know that when we're connected to God's Spirit, then we can see hope and connect to Him in everyday life. But that takes some vulnerability, doesn't it? It takes trust. It takes humility. A few months back, I shared in my homily a little story about a DEA officer, a drug officer from the feds, going to a farmer. And, you know, he says to the farmer, well, I'm here to be able to inspect your farm, you know, for possible drugs. And he says, well, sure, he says, but I just wouldn't go into that field over there. And he says, do you know who I am? You see this badge? This badge means I work for the federal government and I can go anywhere I want to. You hear? You see this freaking badge? It says I can go anywhere. I says, okay. Just let me know if you need anything. And he just goes to his, you know, to, but so the guy goes right for that field and you know, the guy's putzing around and a few minutes later he hears screaming coming from that field and then he goes to the fence and there's the officer just running like heck with this huge old big old bull with these very sharp horns just right on his tail and he's gaining and gaining and you know the officer's not going to get made he says your badge show him your freaking badge <laughs> What a great story. <laughs> because we all love it. We all love stories about arrogance. And you know what? And, and pride is so much the root of anything that is not of God, that we see it in ourselves. But I do think another thing that magic teaches us and has taught me is that we have to be vulnerable, you know, and humble in order to see God in everything. I think the scribes and the Pharisees were so full of themselves and trying to be able to keep everything in order and in control that they really weren't humble enough to see Jesus. I started performing magic when I was about 15 when I was teaching religion to people with disabilities. And about 15 years later of trying to be able to do magic, God gave me this story as one of the first story pieces that I ever got. And it's one of my favorites. And this is a nail box from my seminary, St. Meinrad, which is a monastery in Indiana. This is a candlestick holder, right? I think from Kenya. This is a, a, a candle from Zimbabwe. I think it's Zimbabwe. I just like saying Zimbabwe. 
tissue paper from Walmart. <laughs> a candle, a hat pin from Blissfield, Michigan. Fire from God. I hope there isn't an alarm here. And a story from my own soul about the greatest of Native American healers, Jamanjan. Jamanjan was the keeper of the sacred fire. He was the keeper of the herbal medicines. And people came to them, to him, for anything, body, mind, and spirit that was sick. What they would do, they would come into his hut with the fire blazing. And then he would pray over them and he would, they would pour out their soul. And as they poured out their troubles, their soul would literally rise out of themselves. And then it would tear under the weight of their broken relationships, their broken bodies, their broken spirits, their broken psyches, and of course, their broken lives. And then Jumanjan would take all of the broken pieces of soul and put it on a large spear. And he would hand it to the person so they could embrace and hold their own brokenness. And then they would walk around the fire to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west. And then they walked directly into the fire itself. Surprisingly, neither their body or their soul was consumed by the fire. Miraculously, their soul was restored to wholeness. As you probably know, we need to recognize our need for help and for forgiveness from each other, from ourselves, and from God through the flashing pain of our own vulnerability. Yes, I have used this as the part of my homily for a reconciliation service. This is one of my favorite pieces of magic. This is so powerful because the story is so powerful and it's so true that when we have hurt in life, it is so much of a knee-jerk reaction to try to keep it all in. But there is something about being able to tell it to somebody, right? that is painful, and it does leave scars, right? It's not perfect. There is a blow up of pain, but it leads to healing. I know several of you, and maybe many of you have been celebrated the sacrament of reconciliation with me or talked to me after someone has died. And so you probably have heard me say what I'm about to share is that I often talk about the confessional kind of like the spiritual bathroom.
is that people don't really want to be able to share things that are really difficult, something that's shameful, something that they feel really guilty about, or something that's just really painful that's happened to them. And I often say, this experience of having emotional pain and wanting to hold on to it is kind of like having diarrhea. <laughs> I apologize. Think about it, though. Here we are, we're in the bathroom, we're sitting down, and we're sweating, and then, you know, those pains are on your stomach, and you think you're going to die, and then everything blows out, <laughs> and you feel better. <laughs> Please don't tell the bishop. But, <laughs> but think about that. If you're a person that does not like to share or talk about their painful feelings, Think about it. Who in their right mind would want to hang on and not get the diarrhea out of them? And the same thing. Emotions can be toxic. And they can be lies because the devil is the father of lies. And it is very much part of experiencing the extraordinary God in everyday life. And the magic is to get out of their heads, try to be able to let down the walls, to be vulnerable, to let ourselves be able to speak and get rid of things that we're holding on to, to let the walls down in order for God to heal us and also to be a little more aware, right, of everything around us. Thomas Merton was a very famous spiritual writer. He lived in Gethsemane um, near Louisville. And he has a very famous prayer that goes like this. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. Repeat, that's the best line in the world. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you're ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Some of you may know John Trappick, who's an amazingly talented um, singer-songwriter and guitarist, and he was our youth minister at St. Pat's now. He is the director of evangelization at St. Joe's in Maumee. He went to Franciscan in Steubenville, and he told me, and he wouldn't mind me sharing, I'm sure, that a lot of his classmates, and he really struggled in, in school saying, how do I know I'm doing the right thing? How do I know that every single decision I'm making that may affect the rest of my life is what God wants me to do? So it kind of begs the question, do we really have free will? And does God really have a plan for our life? Now, they seem to be conflicting, don't they? But I would like to humbly show you that both exist at the same time. And I'm going to do that in a way that I'm sure that you're just excited to see. 
this is going to be deep philosophy in a card trick. Maybe my favorite. So I'm going to use little larger cards like I used for the invisible deck. Now, in order to help me, I would like to ask someone who is familiar with the deck of cards that, can, that would be able to shuffle without dropping them all over the floor. <laughs> okay, Deb, I saw you first. Give Deb a hand. Okay, perfect. So Deb, all the cards are different. I just want you to pick them up and just give them a couple shuffles in your hand. Okay. Just so that my hands are off the cards. Perfect. Now, remember, free will. The theme of this is the impossible card trick. Free will. Deb, without me touching the cards, slide one toward the audience. Perfect. And I want you to remember it. Okay. And I want to show it to everybody. Show it to the camera. I feel like I'm pen and teller. <laughs> so Deb, now you, without me touching it, slide it back anywhere you want and put them up together. Perfect. And pick them up and give them a couple shuffles again just so that I can't track. Perfect. Again, I remember on my 40th birthday, fully an entire lobby of magicians that were freaking out because I was not touching the cards. Now, Deb, what I'm going to do next is I'm going to give you back the cards, and you are going to deal seven cards onto the table from the deck. Okay, but here's the thing that I'm going to allow you to do, which is kind of unusual. You can deal from the top you can deal from the middle. Oh. <laughs> she said, oh, <laughs> right? You, you can deal from wherever you want. We, they're all here. Right. You can deal from the top or the middle or the bottom. Just okay. deal seven cards face down. Okay, got it. One in a pile. One, two, three, four, Five, six, seven. Everyone, is that fair? I mean, think about it. She picked any card she wanted and not touching anything. She now dealt seven from anywhere. Now, she is going to spell answers that you all give me about the card. I'm gonna ask you like of the card's color or the suit or the value, but when we pick the answer to spell out, you don't have to tell me the truth. <laughs> yes, I'm giving you permission to lie to a priest. <laughs> Who wants the first question? What's your name in the blue shirt? Chris. Chris, was the card black or red? You don't have to tell me the truth. Red. Okay, so Deb, deal, oh. deal, face down. Okay. Deal R, oh. E, D, the rest on top. Nope, rest on top, okay. rest on top, and pick them up. Now, what was, what was the suit, Bill? What was the suit? Doesn't have to be red, don't have to tell me the truth. H-E-A-R-T-S, rest on top, pick them up. 
Way in the back in the sunglasses. What's your name? Mary Kay. Hi, Mary Kay. What was the value, ace through king? Don't have to tell me the truth. A queen. Q. U. E. E. N. Rest on top. Pick them up. Now, Deb, your question is this. Were their answers true, false, or both? Don't have to tell me the truth. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T-R-U-E. The rest, that card put face down there. Okay. Now think about this. Deb, you picked a card. Yes. All these cards were different. You selected, think about it, she could have had any seven cards from the deck. I was not touching them. This was free will, free will, free will. All of those different choices you made, all the different answers were different letters. There were different numbers. It would have been any different outcome. You had totally free will. Deb, for the first time, what was the name of your card? Eight of diamonds. The eight of diamonds. <laughs> In total free will, perfect order. Give Deb a hand. You have been listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter featuring Father Mark Davis from a recent Belief in Beverage Night. If you'd like to view this amazing program, it is available on demand for our financial partners and members. Please go to massimpact.us forward slash members. God bless you. Absolutely. Everything that you all chose were totally random and totally free. And at the same time, it always comes out the, the card. There it is. We do have free will. But if we really have the desire, like Thomas Merton says, if we have the desire to want to be with God, that God will take whatever choices we make and he'll connect us to him and he'll bring us close. Father Jeremy Miller is the pastor at um, U U uh, um, Corpus Christi at UT. He won a state tennis championship in high school by coming three days a week to take lessons from my brother. And when he was a denizen in grad school, his dream was to coach tennis and to teach college. As a priest, he teaches college students there at the university, and he's the assistant girls tennis coach. Every single one of the people in my family are a teacher, like my mom. My sister taught ballet. My brother teaches tennis. I try to teach faith. My dad taught life. Well, we all taught. It's all in different ways. Whatever choices we make, God will make it work. That's how this works. So we don't have to worry so much about, am I making the right decision by going to this school or that school? Not even marry, marrying this person or that. But is God a part of it? And are we connected to God's living spirit while we do it? Because God will always bring us to himself. Now, some roads may be a little easier than others. <laughs> if my free choice happens to be something illegal, I might be continuing my relationship with God in jail. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, but God is always there and always with us. 
And no matter what we choose, as Merton says, what's important is to have the desire to be with God. Because God is everywhere. One of the difficult things that we all face, though, is that as human beings, we want comfort, we want joy, we want success, and we're not always ready to accept the suffering that goes with it. One of the things that God revealed to me about two species of the body and blood of Christ is I remember one day at St. Joe, years ago, holding up the host that's becoming the body of Christ, body, soul, and divinity. And I got a strange image or a surprising image. I got Robin Williams on top of the desk at the Post Society. Seize the day, boys, seize the day. If Jesus is saying, this is my body, I was, it, it, God said to me, eat life, right? Come, come and receive, eat life. Come, receive my body, receive love, receive life and be able to live it with abandon. But if we're going to eat life, then we have to drink the cup of suffering. Amen? Amen. You can't have one without the other. You know, and I think we're all getting old enough to know that you just can't get out of it as much as you want to jerry-rig your life. That's me. You know, you just can't. You've got to be able to accept that not only is suffering inevitable, but it's transformational. So Richard, if I could do anything in the world to your $1 bill, what would you want me to do to it? See, you know what his wife said? It's not Richard, someone said burn it. No, what does the wife say? Make it into a larger bill. Because see, that's logical. That would be what we would really do, is it would take someone else's dollar bill with empty hands, and turn it into a $100 bill. And watch. It's right there the whole time we bend this down. And right there, Richard's $1 bill magically turns into a $1 bill. <laughs> See, it's not working. We got lucky. Now, Richard may not feel that way. <laughs> Cindy, if you would take the magic marker, and as Richard calls out the numbers, just write it nice and big. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, so what, what are the first numbers of your bill? 212-512. Next. Last number, six. Is there a letter? E. Now. I'm saying that this is an indestructible bill and you're dying to know how can I prove this? Cindy, if I fold it this way, am I tearing the bill now? Yes, you are. Yes. Richard, am I tearing your bill? Yes. Yes. Poor George Washington's face, we're literally going to take right off of Richard's bill. Cindy, hold George. <laughs> All right, is that George Washington's face? Yes, it is. Is he missing from Richard's bill? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Did I just create a felony? Yes, um, yes I did, unless I restore it. 
All right, Cindy, now check it out. It's an indestructible bill, Richard. Watch. It's funny, I've been doing magic since I was 15 years old. Nothing I have ever done on stage gets more of a reaction than putting that little piece of bill in my mouth. All right, so on the count of three, you're gonna clap once. One, two, three. Richard, same bill? Same bill. Cindy and Mark, same bill. You know, still, it doesn't prove that it's indestructible. And somebody said, burn it. We have the ashes. Pour them in to my fist. All right. On three, everybody. One, two, three. Disappear. You've been listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter featuring Father Mark Davis from a recent Belief in Beverage night. If you'd like to view this amazing program in its entirety, we had to cut it short tonight because of our time limitations. It is available on demand for our financial partners and members. Please go to massimpact.us forward slash members. Again, that's massimpact.us forward slash members. And if you want to hear all of our programs, some very recent ones, very powerful uh, and motivational, if you're on a road trip or working out, we've got a number of phenomenal interviews. You can find out all of those at IgniteRadioLive.com. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you.